Hey there, folks. Alex Lux here for Classic Camera Revival. And um, if you're on any sort of group on Facebook, you'll hear the term grail used quite a bit in regards to cameras, fountain pens. You could really apply to any sort of hobby that requires you to purchase large amounts of gear. Like, for example, in reenacting, um, a grail flintlock for me would be a Baker rifle. Um, but we are a camera podcast, so that's what we're doing. So join us as we take the leap from the lion's head and head off on our last crusade. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. All right, so um, around the table we um, we have um, quite a um, wide selection of um, Grail cameras, ones that we have acquired, ones we are still waiting to acquire, and ones we have gotten rid of. For that reason, we're not too sure, but we'll have <laughs> we're to... questioning his judgment right now. Yeah, get his head checked later. Well, he's part of this podcast. I mean, we can't really question his judgment. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor life so, choices. So, um, my grail camera is one that we have talked about on the podcast before, um, and that's the Nikon F5. Um, so when I first got into film photography, I shot a lot of Minolta gear and wanted to sort of continue on into Minolta autofocus and then Minolta digital bodies, but then Sony bought them out. I didn't like the early Sony digital SLRs, so I ended up picking up a Nikon F80. And then I found the Nikon F5. And in 2006, the Nikon F5 was still fairly widespread as a film camera. The Nikon F6 was just hitting the market. But you were still paying $1,000, $2,000 for a Nikon F5 body on the used market. I was a year out of graduating and hadn't gotten a full-time job yet, so that was well out of the picture. But what I could buy was an Nikon F80. Great camera, fantastic camera. I picked up a whole bunch of uh, lenses on the cheap, but I really wanted that F5. So instead of buying an F5, I bought a battery grip from my F80. Why? Because it made it look like an F5 at a distance. And you could use the same lenses on it. Um, I found it very funny that often if you have a grip on any camera, like pro camera or consumer consumer camera, people think, oh, wow, that's a big camera. It's a pro camera to the untrained eye. Absolutely. And you know what? That F80 was a fantastic camera. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Um, I um, don't forget what, I forget what happened to it. I think I ended up um, selling it. To uh, I think it was to fund the fourteen to twenty four millimeter. <laughs> you must have had to offload a lot of stuff to get that lens. I did, and some of them I regret. But whatever, I love the lens, and um, and there it is. How I ended up getting the Nikon F five um, is uh, eventually prices have gone down, and I found a great deal on a used one through KEH that was about. Six hundred dollars, 
So I hired myself out to shoot a wedding and I charged them the exact amount it would cost to buy it. And I just dumped all that money right into buying that F5. They paid me cash that day and I turned around and I bought the F5 and haven't looked back. Um, fantastic camera, although it doesn't get as much use now that I have the Maxim 9. Um, but I still take it out on occasion when I want to, you know, shoot a professional job on film. It's the camera I go for because I have the better optics for it. So that's mine. Um, James. All right. So this is, I guess, one of my grail cameras, I suppose, because my ultimate grail camera is the Fuji GX617, but I'm not going to talk about that today <laughs> because I actually have never shot it nor actually seen one in person. I've seen a GA617, but I want the uh, the newer version of it. There we go. But in any case, my other, uh, my grail camera for today is the Pentax 67.2, uh, not to be confused by its predecessor, the 6.7. Or the six, or six X seven, or six by seven, or what you want to call it. Um, they are very similar, but um, I think the sixty seven two has got a few um, refinements. But why is this my Grail camera? Um, because this camera, I think, was um, essentially made for um, flexibility in doing studio portrait work um, and and portrait work in the, in the field um, as well. But uh, that's the main reason I wanted it. And the reason I also wanted it, another reason why I also wanted it is because of the magnificent, um, uh, 105, uh, 2.4, uh, portrait lens, which is about an 85, um, focal length, 85 millimeter focal length in the, uh, in the 35 millimeter world. Um, these are not the cheapest, um, cameras around the 67.2 versus the six by seven. The 67.2 is going to run you, probably about 1500 bucks uh for a body um and uh, uh they're they're not the cheapest things around but the quality on on them is uh is is pretty amazing so i picked mine up um uh, i was a lucky find i got it at uh at burlington camera all hail uh joan our our our, our dealer extraordinaire um and she gave me a pretty spectacular deal on this kit so i got this this kit and mine has the uh, AE head on it, which is um, awesome. And why I love it is it has spot center weighted and matrix metering. Um, and it has a, um, a plus or minus um, uh, three EV uh, uh, exposure compensation. So if you, you know, it, it just, it makes it so much easier to use. And the nice thing about this camera too, is the grip. It has one. And it's on the right-hand side. So unless you're Ned Flanders um, and shop constantly at the Leftorium, um, this is the camera for you. And if you are Ned Flanders and shop at the Leftorium, you can still get the wooden left-handed handle for, for this thing. And why you'd want to add more weight to this beast, I, I'll never I know. I am left-handed. Um, no, I was in my right mind, by the way. <laughs> I've handled that camera, and it's like, again, you see them, you see them online, but in the wild, it's like, oh, 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 James has one. Oh, well, no surprise there. And <laughs> in the James Lee Memorial Camera Museum and uh, gift shop, he is lightening the load. Just a public service announcement for James <laughs> later on. Uh, it's actually a very easy camera to handle. And again, I, I tend to shoot, you know, right hand on the grip and my yeah. left hand's underneath the lens to 
A, cradle, and B, focus it. And it yeah. works. The ergonomics are just... Yeah. It's basically a, a K2 on steroids. It basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, it, a black it, K2 yeah. on steroids. It's, it's a K2 that left the womb about three months too late. But, yeah. uh, and yeah. I had a little help from the East German sports <laughs> <Yeah>. ministry. <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit about the camera. I don't want to get in too, too much detail about the camera. More about the experience and, and using it, but... Uh, you know, it's got everything you want in an SLR. It's just bigger. It's got mirror lockup. It's got um, uh, a time shooting switch. So you can actually flip the switch out on the side, click the shutter if you want to do long exposures, and then it just holds the shutter open. Um, and being a fully electronic camera, when you use that time switch, um, it actually reduces the battery cons- consumption by like 50%. So you can have the shutter open for hours on end without, nice. without draining the As long as you have batteries. ACROSS loaded. As long as you have Acros loaded, and um, uh, this one's empty right now. Um, you know what? It's uh, like the image quality out of the thing is amazing. And if you um, are doing your own printing, um, well, you know, it doesn't even matter. Like if you're scanning or whatever, the negative is an 8 by 10 ratio. So, you know, whatever you're going to crop, when you're going to crop it to clean up edges or whatever, you're not going to lose um, uh, too much of your of your scene there. But uh, uh I I just love the thing. It's probably my most. Um, it's probably a tide. I would say, like uh, in terms of my medium format bodies that I use constantly, it's basically this and my Hasselblad. Um, and I love my Hasselblad um, because I like to shoot square, and I do have a metered head for my Hasselblad. But um, in terms of uh, being quick and nimble with a big camera, this is the camera mm. that ticks those boxes and. Um, uh, and the thing is bloody pretty. I mean, like you, oh, you, yeah. you it look looks at lovely. it, and you, you look at it, and you're like, "Yeah, I want that." Yeah. Well, Which yeah. Is, it is definitely not the working man's camera. You know, to quote Mike Gutterman here, it's well, it uh, is in a sense. Once you buy it, you've got to damn well keep working, otherwise you won't be able to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I thought it was a, the Fuji GX six eighty with all those batteries. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> well, that's another. Uh, you know that's for a big boy another big boy episode we can talk about that beast again but uh no i was with you when you bought this and yeah. you got a really good deal and yeah. it was an amazing uh yeah. uh, uh so condition. like yeah like when i bought this camera i think i've uh, maybe two years ago yeah, i bought it, it two years wasn't it after that horrible windy cold wet day out at oh, actually yeah yeah 50 yeah 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 <laughs> and um and and i believe joan to be completely honest, she said the owner that the previous owner, he was uh, uh, into model railroads. Uh, and the reason he bought this camera was to photograph his, his railroads, uh, his model trains or whatever. Um, and uh, it only 10 rolls have been put through it. Wow. And That's it shows. It? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, no, totally. there's one blemish on the camera and it's just some damage from a tripod plate. Yeah. And and it's just on the... Uh, the rubber The rubber mounting, or, yeah. the, or the fake leatherette or whatever you want to you know um we took that to a pioneer village place uh, earlier on this uh spring yeah. and yeah. you wandered around with uh that and three lenses yeah. and handheld in dark you know yeah. places and cabins and stuff like yeah. that and the images that you got off of it were yeah. amazing you you got to you got to shoot the camera the way it's meant to be shot and man you got to suck your gut in and like be still with the thing because I'll tell you like it's um this is <laughs> You want to hear some mirror slap? <laughs> oh my god! You know, uh. It's it's that 
gigantic mirror that's probably... I thought I saw a flock of birds yeah. just take off. Like, <laughs> like the, it, Some people just like getting slapped around a bit. It's a big camera, but you really... The shake is, is a bit of a problem because the mirror is probably... It's two inches by... like Or like an inch and a half by an inch and a half. There's a lot of mirror to move oh, yeah. there. So And it's not a split folding mirror. It's one big mirror that's got to get the hell out of the way. So Of course, it's Pentax. It's Pentax, but... Yeah, um, that's the reason it's one. Of, it's it's my current Grail camera, and I'm really happy that I yeah. that I got it and I use it all the time. Yeah. Now, now some people haven't gotten their Grail cameras yet, and um, John has one that I have never heard of, and that's that's weird. <laughs> okay, uh, the camera I'm talking about. Yes, I don't have it. Let's let's face it. In the film photography hobby, we do a lot of rationalization. We tend to confuse want and need, and, and it's never biased, right? Of course, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's never biased. Biased, really? Um, and so, my Grail camera is going to be a breath of fresh air because it's completely impractical, and it's all about want. And I am talking about the Tessina thirty-five millimeter sub-miniature twin lens reflex camera yes what what yes it exists <laughs> it was invented by a uh an austrian chemical engineer and you know what they like those engineers like to make was things he on acid when he built it uh he might have been sub miniature it was built in uh manufactured in switzerland from the uh sort of late 50s up until the late 90s actually mm. and so you're you're wondering how can this how can a sub miniature camera it's the watch camera. It's the watch camera. Yes. yes. Uh, you could actually get a, wa- a wristband with it as one of the accessories. And they say, okay, how do you make 35 millimeter sub-miniature? And their trick was uh, you, you use special cartridges and, the, uh, the fr- and you were not shooting full frame. You were shooting um, 14, to t- 14 by 21 millimeter. <laughs> but at least... The what's one thing that makes it more practical because let's face it, if you want to get into sub minis today, most of the time, well, you should have your head examined. Um, you're, you're, you know, it's minox, minox, yeah. or the sixteen millimeter stuff. You're either slitting your own film or slitting right. your own wrists, um, or, <laughs> or both, or or both. With with this, you know, you, you know, you buy thirty five millimeter film anywhere and just and roll it in. You did this cartridges and and away you go. So that is the the one practical thing about it. Uh, has like a 25 millimeter f 2.8 lens, uh, two of them, one for shooting, one for taking. Uh, now here's where you're getting to the impractical stuff, but who cares? Ground glass focusing. Imagine if you will, focusing on a ground glass, unmagnified, that is uh, 14, 14 by, by 21. 21 millimeters. Uh, that that's going to be a bit tough, uh, but you can get a a pentaprism viewer for it, and it does have a a sports finder as well, and like I said before, uh, you can get like a you there was an accessory wristwatch band available, so you could wear it around your wrist. So again, like this is a totally impractical camera, like and these things are not cheap. To get one that works, you're looking pretty close to a grand. I've, I was doing some checking on uh, on on the flea bay, and uh, for ones that were that were sort of in eBay minty or need a lot of work, you're still looking at four or five hundred dollars U.S. and up. 
So is this a practical camera? No. Would I get uh, would I get particularly good results from it? Not unless I was shooting slow speed. But for a Grail camera, if I won the lottery, I think I'd want one of those just because it's a neat gadget. And I'll be honest with myself, a lot of the time, sometimes in film photography, we like our gadgets. Gas can stand for gadget acquisition syndrome, and it would in this case. Absolutely. And if you want to see one in person, I just realized that I have seen this camera before. Um, if you head to uh, Washington, D.C., if you dare to head to Washington, D.C. in the current political climate, um, uh, there is one on display at the International Spy Museum. And it, it itself has a fantastic selection of um, spy cameras. Um, but continuing on the same theme, um, this seems like a camera that is the last thing that Bill needs. And that is, of course, the Nikon F2. AS. Yes, I have five Nikon F2s. And that's okay. Because it's a Photomic, an F2S, an F2SB, two F2As. I think that's right. Yeah, that's about right. I can't remember. Math was never my strong point. That's the reason why I was, I'm a copywriter and not a derivatives trader. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, an AS. The AS was introduced in 1977 when Nikon introduced the automatic indexing lenses. It was sort of the replacement for the Nikon F2SB, which was sort of like the top of the line meter head uh meter head for the F2. It had a silicon uh silicon cells for re for reading light. It was super duper sensitive. It had the same readout as the Nikon FM, which dropped in 1977, two years after the F, the SB introduced. But then when the so the AS shares that with the the FM, uh, and it's a lot of things, and it's kind of like sort of being the completest in my mind. And the AS is like that again. It's like that top of the line, last of the mechanical pro bodies that Nikon made. So why the heck do I want one? Well. Because it's there. But again, I don't really need yet another Nikon F2 body. So there you, is you a... Said, you said the N-word. There is no need. It's just W with one last stroke. Yeah, I know. But I'm trying to justify things. <laughs> anyway, so I do have a bit of a workaround. Because I have two F2As, one chrome, one black. Um, and I really want an AS in Chrome. Maybe I just get the DP twelve meter head, which is the AS, which is part of the AS. So I just switch at one of the A bodies and it becomes an F two AS. It's the right point in history. If the, for the real fastidious minded, if they're following all the model numbers and all that, you know, serial numbers and all that fun stuff. But in the end, it comes down to it's just it's the meter head, baby. And you put that on, you're good to go. And again, sadly enough, uh, they're almost the same price as a full camera body, which is kind of insane. It is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I want one. Chances are I probably will get one at some point soon. <laughs> Don't know when exactly. but I have one. Yeah. Has it been worked on yet? No, it's... Um... It, functionally, it's fine. It's great. Uh, there's a missing spring. Yeah, I there's know. a there's a I guess a retaining spring or something uh, on the shutter speed uh, dial. Yeah. Um. So it just doesn't. You got to wind it all the way back for it to catch. But I mean, the thing still works. A bit of a nuisance. But uh, I'd rather have one that works kind yeah. of 
properly. Yeah, well, of course. But uh, um, and I have the the grip for it as well too. So the the big giant. Uh, I think what is it? The uh, M the motor drive one or something. Oh, it, oh boy, the, that's the a beast. Big, I'll go get it. <laughs> okay, let's go see it. Let's try enable Bill's gas, which is kept in check as I went nuts late last year with a Canon new F1AE off Mr. James Lee and a whole pile of lenses and stuff. Yeah, James has left the table. Price. We just told him to get a grip, and now he's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he went to find that grip. <laughs> uh, good old James Lee supplying cameras to everybody. Well, um, James Lee is our little enabler, our pusher within the group. Uh, oh, I know. And he's back. The, uh, oh, my God. The MB2 and the MB1. And Holy crap. If you really want a lust over, look at that. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course, no. the F FM3. That has just gotten uh, too expensive look, for look me. Look at what's sitting on that FM3A. Oh. The 1.2. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one you bought when... Or is that the one... That's no, it's no. a different one. It's a different one? Okay. James, just for backstory, James and I used to go to uh, camera shows a lot, and he would often come back with stuff. Um, what? Ooh, yeah, I still go to those camera shows, but I one of the things I avoid buying is actual camera gear, because a lot of people put too high of a price oh, on yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like things. eBay these days. It, yeah. They're just, like, their eyes are way too big yeah. for their tummy, and it's like, uh... No. The, the last bit of gear so. I got at one of those shows was um, my FE, and yeah. I paid, like, 50 bucks for it. Yeah. And I had to put another 50 into getting it fixed. Right. Like just if, in, if you're going to buy parts. gear, go on the Sunday when they're about to close and they actually yeah. come back down to reality. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, um, and hey, there's nothing wrong with this, but there's a lot of inexperienced people. Um, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. There's a lot of inexperienced people in that they're new to film. Um, so they're excited yep. and they want to acquire gear. And the people selling this stuff can latch sense on that to it. and yeah. latch onto it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you know, just, be mindful like if, if don't overpay for this stuff no. you know no. um you, you know more than likely you're gonna have to save allocate some budget for cla or service or some yep. kind of repair yep. mm -hmm. or whatever and uh you know again and I, and I would not be surprised in a few short months this camera will be going home with me <laughs> even though i really only need the meter head yeah yeah <laughs> there, there's yeah. that which is attached again. to a camera and uh one of the biggest yeah. motor drives yeah, this is bigger than any motor drive I've ever well, seen. Well, it's basically can... two motor drives in yeah. one, right? So I can like got the the drive itself the and the extra and then battery. The battery. Yeah. Holy crud! This is well, like let's have a listen to it. I, I yeah, fire it up. Ooh, that's. I think there's batteries in it. I'm not sure. Yeah, let her rip. Oh, oh, that's the sound oh, of victory, baby. Photojournalism in 1975. Right? Sounds More like Hitler's buzzsaw right there. MG42. Yeah. <laughs> Does that have batteries in it? Nope. Is it on? Uh, yeah, it's on. No. no batteries. No batteries, but yeah, this F... Yeah, I can see why. I just better really... Bill, just, don't drool on the camera. It's I'm not rather drooling for crying out loud. I'm just He's licking it. I, I'm just. Oh, try it now. Now that you put the uh, the thumb lever in. <laughs> I think the thumb lever goes in with the when it drives on. Yeah. Uh, maybe no, no, no batteries. Lights coming on yeah, no batteries. Or dead. Or dead. Yeah, they're dead. 
We should probably take them out. Yep. So oh, man. Well, so what are you, so what are you looking for this? <laughs> uh, I don't need the lens. I got I got a lens. Like, I got the lens in the bag, but it's actually proper for this. Because it's got the AI conversion to it. Yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah, we are recording. Yeah. <laughs> Live gas is happening right this, now. This, this week on Gear Sluts in the Wild, we've just but, heard um, the check the... It's mating season. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ladies oh, and gentlemen, in the, in the classic camera revival audience, this is how it all starts. And cameras get swapped literally around the table. Except the first one isn't free, kid. <laughs> but check the... Um, the avalanche has already started. It's too down. late for the pebbles to vote. <laughs> I actually haven't even shot the thing yet since <gasps> I bought it. And you want to unload the thing? What's wrong with you, lad? This is like one of the best mechanical cameras Nikon ever made. I have an FM3A. I have an F6. I have an F3. I have another F2. Uh, I have an F2SB, an F2A. Yeah, you know, okay. I think Bill, you'd be doing him a favor. Like uh, you got more, yeah. you got more Fs in the high school football team. Oh. <laughs> oh. Or the cheerleaders. Oh, <laughs> ouch! Ouch! <laughs> well, well, as Bill of... uh, starts uh, ogling uh, his future acquisition, yes, let's we... hear the tragedy of Trevor Black. I, uh, about six years ago, um, had been lusting for a long time after a camera, the Voigtlander Vintessa camera with a 50 F2 Ultron. Uh, it's the That's one. That's a you, great camera. It was considered the so-called poor man's um, M3. So it would basically image-wise and everything. It's built in lens, yes, but was a like a not a killer, but like a comparison, so a good comparison. And it was the one that you'll recognize. It. It's a flat camera that has barn doors that open up and the lens pops out. And there's a huge shutter button that's like two inches that pops out of the top. And that you'd use that. Uh, it's not a shutter button, but it, it was the film advance. So um, it was a gorgeous camera. I got a great deal on it. And I didn't use it enough. And I ended up moving to a smaller place. And I got into this whole, I have to offload, downsize, get rid of stuff um, mode. And got rid of a lot of stuff that I really should have. And that was the one Taylor of them. The Taylor and Kirk M3950 F2 lens. <laughs> I am not going to let you oh, look that one down. Sorry, it was 1.5. It was the Taylor Hobson 1.5. And that alone, again, I'm going to question I your know. judgment for the rest of your living days like honestly and these is... are two small things that easily could fit in like where my f5 sits i know i know not it's even ridiculous. your f5 my f2 <laughs> you forgot to marry condo it marie condo it yeah i know it brings me joy i needed to keep it i it totally did now i shot about five rolls through it um and the uh it was one of the last times you could actually uh locally get slides uh done and it was actually the last roll of slides i shot um and had processed locally and the uh was on the escarpment it was on a hike the images were amazing and i regret selling it it had a beautiful case it was in great condition and I barely got what I paid for it, 
and now I look back at looking uh, for new ones, and they're almost twice the price. And I just uh, the the level of trust online nowadays is, you know, next to none. Um, I read more horror stories about people getting things that are welded together or hot glued together to make it look like it's working, and saying it's minty plus. Um, and I just don't trust the online uh, use market that much anymore. So this is one of those. I had this camera that I was a Grail that I wanted, acquired it, didn't use it enough and then sold it so well it's better to lo- loved and lost than not never loved at all well you know we've we've all done that um again i i got rid of my x7a with most of my rock or glass thankfully i kept a few really good ones um but i missed having the manual focus semi-automatic Thankfully, I ended up getting an F3, so it really wasn't that bad. And now that I have the XE7, I can use all that wonderful rock or glass again. So yeah, absolutely. You never know. One day you might come across one at oh, the yeah. right price. Yeah. It always happens. Like um, I remember I got rid of all my Canon gear when I was after my dad passed because I, I inherited a Nikon, a like M3, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go deep into Nikon. So the Canon A1 had to go, all the glass, boom. Three years later, a friend of mine gives me an FTB and a bunch of Canon FD glass. year and a half uh, or two after that, my brother sells me his Canon new F1 and more Canon FD glass. We all know where this is headed. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he is. And he's back. <laughs> well, that that wraps it up for this episode. Um, my name's Alex Lokes, and I'm saying to uh, Trevor... It's better to have loved and lost to have never loved at all. Exactly. Uh, this is Bill Smith. Uh, He's buying a new camera. <laughs> <laughs> Again. I'm something. It's either going to be James's F2AS or the DP12 meter head. The practical side of me says the DP12 meter head, I can leverage something I already got. But man, that motor drive. But again, yeah. <laughs> there will be a mental calculation somewhere between well, the next I'm few months. Well, I'm selling as a kit, so. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. Just cameras are fun and fickle things. Sometimes they come into favor and sometimes they come out of favor. But as long as it's a wonderful favor and flavor, it's all good. This is James Lee. Don't uh, wait for your dream camera to arrive before you get out there and start shooting. This is John Meadows. When it comes to grail cameras and other things in life, fantasy will only take you so far. Sometimes you have to have something real in your hands to bring you joy. <laughs>